your spot, put it in park. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here alongside my co-host, the Philadelphia Gremlin, he looks like tonight, Bush. Dude, you kidding me with this headband, this shirt, this chain, these shades? I mean, <laughs> sheesh, dude. I would tear someone up right now if they came after Philadelphia. <laughs> we got to log on. Log on to start this uh, to start the podcast. He is rocking a Philadelphia Eagles Nike Dry Fit Tee, on-field edition, obviously. Uh, a pair of loud, loud shades, just like the free parking crew always do- does with the Oaks. The gritty Bryce Harper-style headband. And a Sixers snapback sideways like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Let's get to let's get to who else we have on the podcast here. Also alongside not our co-host Jim, not the producer Jim, but Hammonds. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? 10, 9, 8, 76ers. Hey oh. Hey, take it easy. What's going on, boys? How we feeling? Feeling uh, really I- good, brother. Electric episode twenty one, and we're ready to rock. Deeves, I'm gonna kick us off here really quick. It was, uh, you know, it was hot in the news. Something that popped up on my feed, and I was like, "Yo, what is this? What is it?" So I click into it. It's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods picks himself for the President's Cup team as the captain of the team. It's the first time since I think the 1940s or something, 1990s, 40s, 90s. It's a small time period. No one, no one's asking questions that that's been done. And it was like Joe Schmo that did it. Like it was no name that you could even think of. He picks himself for an Australian Open that he's had the most success in. What do you think about that? If anybody has the opportunity to pick himself for any team, it is Tiger Woods. That's almost like Michael Jordan picking himself to be, you know, on the USA basketball team or, or I don't know, it's like you have starting a kickball team in recess and you're like, can I pick, can I pick myself again? I mean, you can't clone yourself, so you might as well put yourself on your own team. And yeah, I, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, you remember last year or a couple years ago, we bet on the Ryder Cup. It was like when DraftKings first came to dude, us and we bet on the Ryder Cup. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. Yeah, each you and I both dropped the uh, half a hundred on the uh, on the USA to win it, and typically, in typical fashion, USA got waxed against the uh, European teams, um, and that was the quickest fifty dollars I've ever lost. Actually, it's probably not the quickest fifty dollars I've ever lost, but it was it was up there. You you never made fifty bucks sound so cool. You made it sound like millionaires. <laughs> I know. See, I was hoping you would comment on that. I was hoping you would comment. Who's half a hundred, dude. It's half a hundred. I mean, it's even now, but back when we lost that, that was probably the biggest bet to date I placed. I think was on that Ryder Cup, or or one of the biggest bets because I thought, you know, how could they lose? But honestly, I'll probably go down to the end of time betting on the USA Ryder Cup or President President's Cup teams. Um, sorry, North America President's Cup teams. Um, you you can't not get behind that. It's just the juices flow, red, white, and blue, rock, flag, and eagle, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. I mean, you got to root for your boys against those villains um, across the pond. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I kind of forgot that you know the President's Cup was coming up, that it was a thing. Uh, it's in like less than a month. Yeah, I, I totally actually – I mean, I work in the industry. I totally dropped the ball on that one. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. 
uh, Tiger Woods. He's the man. Speaking of uh, great ones, God, we brought this up a couple podcasts ago. I saw a story. Did you get to see this clip? Um, actually, our um, somebody posted uh, one of our competitors, Barstool Sports, I guess you could say. Um, they posted a clip of Jeremy Roenick. He was on this local Chicago um, radio show, and he told a story about Michael Jordan. Did you see that at all? I did not. What are you talking so Jer- about? Jeremy Roenick, former flyer, uh, former Chicago Blackhawk, um, awesome guy, NBC sports analyst uh, or commentator now. Um, huge golfer. He plays in the um, the Lake Tahoe Celebrity Event that actually we're going to talk about on episode 22 um, with a special guest, but we're here at 21. Anyway, JR talks about how he played golf with Michael Jordan. He played 18 holes the morning that the Chicago Bulls had a game back in the 90s. He plays golf with Jordan. They have lunch. Jordan's like, let's do it again. They go out and they play another 18 holes. They play 36 as this is going on, Clark girls buzzing around. They're buying beers. They're they're having drinks. Jordan has a game that night. That night, like at, I think at lunch, the the you got we got to post or, or watch the interview. You guys got to watch it. I think at lunch, Jordan's like, "Hey man, we got to play again." And Ronick's like, "Yeah man, yeah, hit me up. We'll we'll play in a couple days or this weekend or what." And he's like, "No no no, like right now. Let's just go back out again." So they play again. Jordan, I think, has ten Coors Lights or Bud Lights, whatever he was drinking. As they left the golf round, Jordan said to uh, – Ronick said, there's no way you're winning tonight. MJ says, we're winning tonight by 20, and I'm dropping at least 40. They bet, I don't know how the money exchanged, but they bet each other uh, uh, whatever amount of money that this was going to happen. Jordan scores, I think, 56 that night, and the team wins by 26. Oh my God! What a story, After the dude! Dude played two rounds of golf and drank a bunch of beers. The best player of all time went out there and 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 dropped fifty something points. Smoothed around hey. fifty six. Hey, the greatest man! The, the, greatest. the greatest of the great for the reason. And we talked about that, man. Absolutely. Work hard, work hard, play hard. These guys are the best for a reason. All right, on a every time. Dude, that's a that's an insane story, but let's. In basketball here, I'm going to keep it, but I'm going to head it over to college and talk about this catastrophe of a scenario the NCAA is in right now, dude. Yeah, I saw you guys were lighting up the chat about it. I, I was kind of disconnected at, at work over the past couple days. What happened? What's going on? All right, so Ham, fill in where I miss out. Okay. James Wiseman, a freshman, seven foot one, 240-pound beast that plays for Memphis, the Tigers, baby. They had the this Bollywood something crazy of a of the best draft class they've ever had that came to Memphis, and this James Wiseman is one of the guys that was part of that. So basically, this whole backstory that's a part of it. This James Wiseman kid when he was in high school, this uh, Ham, what's his name? Hardaway, uh, Penny yep. Hardaway. Right. Yep. Yeah. So Penny Hardaway pays for James Wiseman and his whole family to fly in and and move and live in the city where the high school is that Penny Hardaway was coaching at at that point in time. Penny pays all of his own money. He pays everything to have these people there. Subsequently, Wiseman goes to the high school and plays there and becomes number one, you know, one of the top players um, in the country and ultimately uh, just one of the best players ever, or, uh, you know, young players ever. So Hardaway then gets a job at University of Memphis or Memphis University. I don't even know what it's called, to be honest. Um, And Hardaway drafts or 
recruits Wiseman from the high school that he used to coach at to come play at Memphis with him. So typical NCAA fashion, they come in and say, no, 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 no. Basically, there was a whole bunch of collusion going on here, and we cannot let Wiseman start this game. So Memphis sticks up both middle fingers, and they're like, we're not, we're not abiding by these rules, man. We are not doing this. So they start their whole number one recruited draft class, including Wiseman, when Wiseman was technically, according to the NCAA, ineligible to play. And now there's this huge debacle going on that all these teams that are saying that, that the NCAA is saying they have suspended players, the teams are just going to disregard what the NCAA says and just play their guys no matter what because the NCAA is losing control over their, you know, over all these college teams now. Bingo. So now what the NCAA wants to do is just like the Chase Young situation, they can play these kids, but what they will probably do is they will ban them from the playoffs, prevent them from going to championship games. Um, But something that Penny did, which was very interesting that I found out earlier, he beat out Calipari for the number one prospect in the country. Wow. Weissman was going to play Kentucky, but – Chose Hardaway, saw everything Hardaway did for the University of Memphis, everything he did for his family, obviously. So how do you pass up a situation like that? How does the NCAA decipher something like this? How do they even get involved? Dude, in typical NCAA fashion, right when they do something good and allow these players to start getting paid, they come back with some BS BS uh, accusation and something, and then they just ruin themselves again. So now they're back in the limelight for negative reasons only two weeks after they allow these players to start getting paid for their likeness. It's it's disgusting, man. The NCAA is not is not for the players. No, I, I agree. I agree, not at all. And I just think that it's great that we're able to see this kind of crumbling right now because it's only going to get worse from here on out. And the situation with Chase Young, apparently... He was he received a loan from someone to fly out his girlfriend to come watch him in a championship game or a bowl game, flew her back, and Chase Young potentially paid this money back to the person that he borrowed it from. Oh, I'm sorry. He got loaned, what, a grand for that maybe? Like, uh, sorry, whoop-de-doo, dude. Like, you got a loan. Translated probably to her flight there, like her round-trip ticket, like which was probably $998 to go to this championship game. <laughs> Like it, dude. It was that. That's so dumb. And and like I said, man, right when the NCAA does something good, they come back and just diminish everything they just did right um, with something wrong. So um, yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with it at all. I think uh, what Memphis is doing is good, and I think I think it's only a matter of time until you know, because Memphis isn't really that big of a school. I mean, it's a big school, but it's not as big as your Ohio States, your Wisconsin's, your Michigan's, um, Kentucky's, and Dukes in basketball. Once those teams defy the NCAA, it is the scariest scenario the NCAA could possibly face. Now, I don't know at this point in time if Duke, Kentucky, Louisville's, and the UNC's of the basketball world, the Don, uh, you know, the uh, the Kings per se, are going to do this because I don't know if they want to lose out on their championships, potential losing out on championships. But at what point does the NCAA have no say anymore? And these lead, like who steps in, who takes over control? And I think in our lifetime, I don't know if it will be the NCAA. I really don't. So much love to Penny Hardaway because ultimately it's his decision whether or not his players play. 
and also saw an interview where he was asked, who's in charge of making a decision like that? And he said, me. I'm the head coach, and we, as a team, all stand behind this situation, and we stand behind Weissman, and then he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Penny Hardaway is uh, digging his feet in the ground, and he is blocking the NCAA hard, and he's creating a slippery slope. So we'll see what happens to the NCAA in the next couple of years. But right now, dude, let's see how this basketball season pans out because uh, if it happens with one of these major major teams, the NCAA is in some is in some shite. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So sorry, I was kind of disconnected from that topic. There wasn't too close to it, but you know what I was close to this weekend. You know what I was close to this weekend was another Pittsburgh Steelers victory. And that's what I want to talk about right about now. This team, this team, you got to watch out for. You have to watch out for them. I've that's said it time great. and time again. Four straight wins. Throw away the Patriots game. They've lost to three teams. They've lost to three teams. And you know who those teams are? The Seattle Seahawks by two. The San Francisco 49ers by four. And the Baltimore Ravens by three in overtime. Their four losses have a combined, I believe, four losses total on the entire season. This team's good. That's big time. This team, I think, uh, last week, before this week, they were number two overall in turnovers on defense. I believe they may have taken the reins as the, be- the, the, you know, the defense with the most turnovers to date. Um, they so, just beat the so Browns this week. What? What's that? What's that? <laughs> big, big game this week against the Browns. Big game. It's a huge game against the Browns this week. Uh, there's another reason I'm fired up. I'm actually down here uh, in the Tampa Clearwater area, and I am going to give a free ad to this place. I call it Heinz Field 2.0. Cooters. Cooters Bar and Grill in Clearwater Beach. Yeah, Cooters Bar and Grill in Clearwater Beach. It is probably the coolest. I mean, it's the only Steelers bar, Steelers bar I've ever been to. It's the coolest bar out there. Everybody, we, might, we might have to bleep that out. We might have to bleep that out. It's Cooters. Google it. It's Cooters Bar and Grill. <laughs> and I walked in there. I was down here over the weekend. I walked in there on Sunday. Every single person is wearing a Steelers jersey. They play Renegade when they need to play Renegade. The bar except you. Except me. Except me. So guess what I did for Thursday? Because I'm going to be here for Thursday. Guess what I did? I rushed one in. Oh, you didn't. I'm not kidding. You did I, I, I bought a hat. I bought a hat. I, I, bought, I needed a new Steelers hat. I rushed one in. I went on Fanatics.com. That is a free ad. No free ads. I two-day shipped a hat for Thursday night's game, and I am beyond excited to walk in to, um, to Cooters on Thursday with, a steel, with my free parking windbreaker and my Steelers November Salute to Service hat. Officially licensed everything. No free ads. No free ads. This team's, good. this team's good, though. This team's good. We, yeah, like like Hammond said, tough game against. Uh, every game's a tough game, but th- they beat the Browns, which they have to beat the Browns. This stretch, where they defeated the Colts and the Rams, um, I said they had to split that series. They beat them both. Um, Fitzpatrick is proving all the naysayers that didn't want to spend a first round pick on him wrong. The guy is a turnover machine. He's a ball right. hawk. Um, Twenty-two. Incredible. He's like 21, 22 years old. 20, 21 or 22 years old. Has you know the term on his contract? You and I were talking about when they traded for him. Does he have a couple years left on his contract as well? I want to say yes because he was drafted last year. I believe yeah, he's on his rookie contract. He's on his rookie deal, so they have some time with him. Um, TJ Watt is an absolute freak. Um, Cameron Hayward's an absolute freak. 
Um, Wait, really quick. Go ahead. Why were the Browns picked to win this game out of all the matchups? This was like a no-brainer pick for the Browns, and they did it. We're they, talking which which game are we talking? Are we talking Buffalo Browns against yeah. Buffalo, and they did it. They beat. Uh, they were what? Bills were six and two, and the Browns did it. No questions asked. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Browns are going to win this game." It's like, and they did it. The state of the Browns, like, what is it? I think the only team more frustrating, and not to bounce around the NFL right now, but we haven't done a, a big NFL powwow. The only team more frustrating in the league than the Cleveland Browns, and this will probably go to this is. You can go two years back, and you can probably go foreseeable future forward. The Atlanta Falcons. They beat the Saints. Talk about frustrating football teams. Like, the Browns, the Browns obviously were supposed to win. I mean, everybody picked them to win the AFC North. But take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. I used, there used to be a saying, um, at least that I lived by, was don't bet for or against the Eagles. The Eagles, like, five or, t- five or six years ago, like, you really just didn't know what don't bet for or against them because that team could – a different team could show up every week. The Atlanta Falcons is truly a team you do not bet for or against. Right, Bush? Like, Dan Quinn, they were supposed to lose, and Dan Quinn was supposed to get fired. Now, what happens? <laughs> Dan Quinn shows up and knocks off one of the best teams in the NFL. One of the best teams in football. <laughs> So, dude, it doesn't make any sense. And I saw some guy did a parlay on all the underdogs to win. And and I actually looked in the of all the underdogs, the the Falcons were the smaller of the underdogs. They were plus four hundred when everybody else was like plus six hundred. So I'm not. I mean, plus four hundred is pretty. You know, that's pretty bad. You know, it's a pretty big underdog. Right. But but somebody knew that they were definitely not the worst underdog of the week going up against the Saints. I mean, Vegas knows, dude. Vegas knew that something was up during that game. It's just crazy the two wins they have on the season are against the Eagles and against the Saints. Yeah. Now, wait, Steve. Does it say, before, more, does it say more for the Falcons, or should I be more mad at the Saints? Because the Saints were on my list for a while. I picked the Saints last season. I picked the Saints in my suicide pool. They lost to the Bucks, and then they went on that run. Are Put they pretending? Put Teddy Bree in Breeze's washed up. Yeah, are they the pretenders? I don't know. No, they're not. They're not pretenders. They're, they're not. not pretenders. Yeah. This dude, the Saints are one of the best teams in the league. They had a slip up, man. Every team has a slip up. Who the Patriots lose to last week? No one. They were on a bye. Yeah. <laughs> no, last week. The week before that. The Ravens, who are gross. Right. Every team has a slip up, but the Patriots have the best defense in the league. The Browns defense, beat the Ravens, too. What's good with the Browns, man? Defense <laughs> typically wins championships, dude. Defense wins championships. The Patriots had a slip-up and lost to the Ravens. I mean, it happens, man. Slip-ups happen, and the Saints are fine. The Saints are still one of the best teams in the league. So Alabama taking the L. Yes. I Alabama saw them coming from a mile away. I, I saw them coming from a mile away. I bet on LSU last year uh, in, the, in the crushing loss. I've been riding LSU heavy, though, the past two years. They're a good football team. The only unfortunate part about LSU winning is that this weekend we're going to watch Ohio State versus Rutgers. The boys are heading upstate. The problem is Ohio State is now the number two ranked team in the nation. I was trying to go see the number one ranked team in the nation. Uh, yeah. But, though, no, LSU's, LSU's legit. How great is it that everyone's been riding Coach O for, like, the past couple years laughing at him? Did you see, did you see his comments postgame? No, they were like Coach O. Like you just, I mean, not like you know, you just won the Super Bowl. What are you gonna do? But they're like Coach O. You just like you just beat Alabama. What what are you gonna do? 
And he said that uh, he spent last night, I guess it was Sunday they interviewed him. He said, I spent last night at home on the couch with a ham sandwich watching Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a sports guy, man. It's a football guy's that. guy. It's a football guy. How do you not love that guy? Yeah. Dude, I, Deeves, you've been riding with LSU. I remember last year you were telling me that you were betting LSU every single week last year. All the time. All yeah. the time. Yeah. Speaking, yo, but let's not get off the topic here of you being a Philadelphia Eagles and a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because you're the biggest Steagle I've ever met in my life. Yeah. We had this conversation the other day. You are a Pennsylvania Steagle, my friend. I think that's what I'm, well, what I'm turning into. I think it's yeah. what I, I need a Steagles. Uh, we were throwing pictures back and forth in the group chat. I need a Steagles, a Steagles shirt. Actually, very fitting because Veterans Day was just this week. Uh, if you don't know the story about the uh, the Steagles, definitely look it up. Um, they saved uh, they saved the NFL back in the day during World War II. Um, a lot of the guys were shipping off overseas to fight for our country and uh, and do the right thing. And uh, the guys that were left here back in the states, see, they kind of formed this bond. They formed this Ryan Deaver Steagles bond, and uh, mm. it, they became they became a team. So I don't know. I guess I'm a Steagle. I guess I'm a Steagle. Yeah, man, you are a Pennsylvania Steagle. True, what is it? True blood. What what were the colors? What what were they? Blue, yellow. I saw a picture. I saw a picture um, that was. I guess it was probably black and white, but they like rendered it or I don't know, recreated it. They wore the green, the Kelly Green Eagles jersey with uh, yellow socks. That's crazy. That is crazy. All right, so Deves Ham, I have the most insane story that I think I've had in years, and and I've been. I was texting Deaver the other day because it happened, and and it was like, dude. I cannot wait to tell you this. This has to be told to you in person. So I'm on the phone with my uncle the other day, and he is affiliated with Comcast Spectacor um, and the Philadelphia Fusion um, esports team. So I was, you know, talking to him and everything and whatnot, and I was, he was just telling me about it and how cool it was and everything. And I hang up with him. I was on the phone for him with him for about ten minutes. So I sit back down at my desk at work. I get a phone call from a client. It's a client that my company did work with about 15 years ago. We were still registered in their database as the old company name from like 10, 15 years ago. And then so he was like, hey, he's like, hey, whatever, let me update your contact, et cetera. He's like, but anyway, I need a quote from you for this new project that's going on. And I was like, all right, man, no worries. Like, what are the details? He goes, we're building a new arena in South Philly for the Philadelphia Fusion esports team. And I need you to quote me on photography and time lapse of this new project. And my heart dropped because 10 minutes before I get this phone call from a client we haven't worked with in 15 years, I had just gotten off the phone with my uncle talking about the Philadelphia Fusion and all these new crazy things that are going on about it. So I, dude, I, I, my eyes were like, (laughs) what is going on, dude? It was, it was insane. It was, it was, it was it was a had to be there kind of thing, um, and it was uh, you know just in it just completely crazy. I mean, it was like drop the phone out of my hand. Like this did not just happen, dude. These crazy things happen to us all the time. Where it's like, is it coincidence or is it a simulation? As Jim or Jim or Joe would say, or you know what is it, dude? And it was just nuts, man. So that thoughts on that moving forward. What's that? What are your thoughts on that moving forward? What the Philadelphia Fusion? Yeah. Dude, esports is the future, brother. You know my stance on esports, it's man. It's now, baby. I think it's, now. I think it's right now. It was last esports was a year ago. If you're not in now, you're already too late. 
Yeah, man. And the free parking boys got the esports team assembled. And we're all playing Call of Duty tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just got just logged off. We're just playing with the boys who are squatting up. We had Exotic. We had Ink. We had Funk. We had the whole crew, man. It was dope. It was sick. We were, I think we went undefeated. We had like three or four opponents. We Yeah, we, it was dope. Wow. Yeah, it was dope. It we was, had three three opponents, three opposing teams forfeit on us because we were doing that good. And granted, I was god awful. I was the worst on the team. I was like one in 45 every time we played because – I'm just terrible at video games, but I love you're video games. Getting in the back, and you're like, "Yeah, we did yeah. it. Yeah, we got this." Yeah. Naturally, you- naturally, when you get into the lobby, I'm the, I'm doing all the trash talking, and they're the ones that are doing all the work. So, I mean, that's just that's just how it goes, you know. All right, Deves, Ham, let's get into this interview real quick with uh, with Harrison. Um, I I'm very excited about this. He's our first basketball prospect we've had on the podcast. And uh, he's got a great story for us here. So, uh, listeners, enjoy. All right, listeners, we finally have a basketball interview on the podcast. Ham pulled through with the Connect here. This guy graduated in 2017 from Morristown High School. He led his team in points, rebounds, and blocks. He was awarded the South Jersey All-Star Game MVP. In 2018, he attended the Philadelphia Trout for Junior Basketball Association, and he went on to play for the Chicago Ballers. As one of the top players in the JBA, he got to travel Europe and play for the JBA's UCA Select team in 2018. When he joined the El Salvador League down south, down in, uh, down in Central, what is that, Central America, yeah, he was yeah. the youngest and most dominant player in the league. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Rieger, welcome on the pod, man. Great to have you. Yeah, great, great to be on your guys at school chatting it up with some more people that speak English. So, <laughs> Yeah, good call, man. What's it like down there, down in uh, El Salvador? It's actually not as bad. Um, this is my second season here. I played in the first division um, last season um, in March, and uh, I was about an hour south of here. It was hotter, um, more summertime. But um, I like it up here a lot better, to be honest. Um, we're more in the mountains, and it's a little cooler at night. It gets in, like, the mid-60s, so when I'm walking around um, going to dinner or coming back, stuff like that, it's always you got the breeze and everything like that. But um, it definitely has a little bit of downfall. You obviously don't get to speak um, English every day to people, so... Um, and everyone always is like, says something, you always have to say, no comprendo. But I know like some stuff, but like on my Spanish is not where I want it to be. But that was going to be the first question, actually. Yeah. It'll, it'll get there, though, right? I don't know. I don't think <laughs> Maybe so. not. I got some stuff, but I, I don't think I want to put that much time into I don't think I can devote myself hours of a day to try and learn a couple more words. I mean, it's probably more useful, but we all, I'm only here for a little bit over a month. Um, left in the season and then i'll be back in the home so right if if you just want to take us through your journey from when you first started to travel so you grew up in this town of morristown i'm familiar with the town myself and then what happened what happens next all right so i graduated in morristown in uh, 17 and uh then i went to community college for a year and uh eight fall of 18 spring of 18 and then i played the first semester of basketball community college but i was driving 80 miles a day like three or four days a week and after the first semester i couldn't i couldn't like my grades were slipping like my game wasn't where i wanted it to be so i had literally i had to like do what i didn't want to do which is not play basketball i had to take the second semester off because it was literally just too much um second semester i just stayed close to home i went to the cherry hill campus um there and then and then obviously watching the ball family and stuff like that um, for the last couple of years, obviously watching their 
come up and their popularity soar. And then LeVar comes on. I think it was Sports Nation. I don't know. But that's when he, he brought up the JBA League. And, and I think it was like a year before it actually came to fruition that um, or the tryout or whatever like that, um, that he announced it on TV. And I think it was in April of last year. Um, they were doing tryouts or whatever. But before that, I was, like, following the page, and I, like, saw that, like, people were actually getting picked up in the league. And I was, like, and in Philadelphia, it was the last weekend. of Philadelphia and New York was their last weekend of tryouts. And I was, like, I literally have nothing to lose here. And I was, like, there's no – you don't lose anything for this, even if I make it or make or don't make it. Like, I have to try because I don't want to regret it, like, in the future. So I went there. I made the first cut. And then we played five on five, I think, for, like, the last hour. I didn't score a point. Never got the ball. Five on five is the most selfish – the most like it was terrible i literally and then they picked like their eight guys and then they picked three reserve guys for like to filter for other teams and i wasn't picked and i was like all right i'm going to new york the next day i'm like gotta try one more time but then alan the guy who's in the the scandal as of now with big baller brand he pulls me aside literally after they pick everybody and goes do you want to do this and i was like i'm like yeah like i'm here i like i would love to do this and Thank God to him because he was the one that I guess believed in me and stuff like that. I feel like my defense was the biggest thing because I felt like I did really well in the defensive end during the tryout. Obviously, I wasn't able to do anything much on offense, but I got that call. And then a few weeks later, they told me I was going to be playing on the Chicago team, which is which is pretty cool. Um, obviously, outside of Philadelphia, but um, it was definitely cool. And then we traveled the U.S. for the next two or three months. It was thinking the season was from June to August. Obviously, it wasn't a long season. It probably cost them a ton of money to even put the league together. Right. But, um, we flew. I literally everything I like have right now is because of that league. I literally hadn't left the East Coast my entire life. I stayed from Maine to to Florida. That's all I did. Like when I was going, I'm going to vacations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Went to LA, Dallas, Chicago a few times. It was so cool. And then the fact that um, Alan again, we lost our playoff game in LA um, during the playoffs to uh, Seattle. And then he came up to me after the game. My parents actually flew out there for the playoffs. And um, he asked me, he's like, uh, you want to get a passport ready because we might uh, we might call you for the USA team. I was like, in my head, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I was like, I was so psyched. And then I think it was like almost a month later, I got my passport. And then I literally from one of the, um, it was like one of the, like, uh, the merch guys literally hit me up on Instagram before I, before I was even like told officially, he's like, congrats on making the team. I was like, like, what do you mean? I'm like, you messing with me? Because there's no official, like, I didn't get it. <laughs> right, right. He was, like, so skeptical. Like, maybe he was just messing with me, and that would have kind of sucked. But then he was like, nah, nah. And then I got, like, two people, like, I think it was, like, an hour later hit me up. And they're like, it was like, yeah, do you want to play in the USA team? I was like, for sure. <laughs> and then it was September. I actually had the worst flight experience, I feel like, the longest. It was September 18th, I think. Yeah, September 17th. We flew from, last September, we flew from, I flew from Philly to L.A. for photos that night. And then the next day, we flew from L.A. to Copenhagen the next day. And I was like, y'all could have just picked me up on the way. It could have been easier. <laughs> right. And then, you know how you're supposed to get, like, free meals on, like, international flights and stuff? None of that. Oh. I don't know what happened. Maybe I was asleep or something, but I got zero meals. I, I like, paid for right. I had, like, Pringles and, like, a, like a, a soda on, like, a 12-hour flight. And I was like. You were probably sleeping in flights. was like, I'll take them. I'll take them. Just let yeah. them. <laughs> So we get to um, we get to Copenhagen and then we flew. We our first game was in Svendborg, Denmark, which is about two hours away, um, on like the um, water. So it was a really cool town. So that started we so September twenty second was our first game. So no, right before Thanksgiving um, last year, we played in eighteen countries. We're playing mostly first division teams. Um, we played a few second division teams. We were sixteen and three on the tour, but we're all guys from eighteen to twenty two at the most. I was nineteen, turned twenty during the tour. Um, 
and we dominated. Like it was like we. I think I was more surprised how well we did against those teams that had like, literally guys that had three Americans on their team. Obviously, had their guys, but we had all Americans. But we were so young. Like we were beating beating teams with legit pros on legit teams. They had big big guys on the other team were six six ten seven foot centers, and we were just running the court. We obviously I wasn't a huge fan of like our our play style, which is literally just run and gun and don't play any defense. And we were scoring wow. like 40 points a game. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, this is not the right way to play basketball. But I mean, it just got the job done. And um, after, after that ended in November, I met a guy in Chicago during the regular season who said, I was literally on the call with my dad. If I didn't was on the call with my dad, like pregame, like up on like one of the suites or whatever, not in suites. It was like just above, like you walk around merch or whatever. Um, the one dude pulled me aside. He was like, um, he was there. He was checking out the league or whatever. But he was like, he was like an affiliate with like another guy in El Salvador. And he's like, maybe if you ever want to get your career started, hit this guy up. And I did. I hit him up in like January, and I I didn't go to the tryout because I didn't think at first I didn't go to the tryout because I didn't think I was actually gonna get picked. Or maybe it was like just come down here play. And you're probably not gonna get picked up no matter what, even if you play well. And then. The first day tryouts went, and they were, and I was like, ah. and he's like, I was like, I didn't go, and he's like, why not? He said they still need players, and then my parents and I talked it over, and we booked the flight the next day, and I flew to El Salvador, got two offers in ten days, and then played for one team, uh, Halcones de Santa Cate, which is about an hour south of here, and uh, was in the best situation. Um, I'll go into that probably in my future, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it it was cool, obviously, to get my start. I was I was the youngest guy in the league. I was 20 years old. Most of the guys I was guarding, like, oh, how old are you? They're like, oh, 25, 30. I'm like, oh, jeez. All right, wow. so I, I was, and I'm still like not as strong as I want to be by any means. So I know the biggest thing in my personal aspect is I think I need to put on the weight, the strength, stuff like that. And uh, so I went in January, then it went back in March of the season, and I played for a few months. And left in May, literally two days after I got home in May, I hurt my knee and I was out for two months with, um, I like, cause I came down on a dunk and like LA fitness, like stupid. And then like, I, I guess all the muscles or whatever, like pushed forward over my knee and I had like a bump or like just under the patella. So I couldn't Oof. do anything for like two months, which literally sucked. And then, um, what are we at here? We are in November now. I got May, June, July. All right, so then I signed with an agency while I was there the first season, and uh, we were talking about I was supposed to go play in Armenia this season actually, but it ended up not being the right opportunity, the right situation to go there. So I was actually pretty optimistic that I was going to go to Armenia. It would have been cool to go back towards Europe, uh, Middle East area, and then uh, it just wasn't the right situation. So um, I was actually going to end up playing back in the first division this season, but by the time that thing fell through, this season already started. So I was like, all right, come back here, I'll play for a second division team. It's not the end of the world. Just keep going, get your resume building, keep getting, trying to get some film, stuff like that. Um, and so far, it's worked out. I mean, uh, the mayor speaks English, two of my teammates speak English. So, I mean, it's a little bit better in that aspect. The competition's not as good as the first division because there's three Americans on each team there, and there's only one here. So, but uh, the team's doing well, and I'm, I'm liking it so far. Um, the playoffs are in a couple of weeks, I think. For whatever reason, they do two three month seasons, which is beyond me. They do like a season from like March. Till May or June, and then a month break, and then another three month season. Which I don't know why they just don't do like one six or seven month season, like the NBA and something like that. But. Dude, the, the the first question that comes to my mind here is, I mean, you said the mayor speaks English and a couple of your teammates being a dude. How the hell do you communicate on the court? You just go, hey, oh, yo, yo, over here. Well, literally, pretty <laughs> much. Just, something just... There's like I literally only have to say like seven words. I like 
I say necesitamos rebote, which is we need the rebound, and then I'm like now or like I say izquierda derecha, which is like guy on your left, guy on your right. But there's nothing too much. But most of the time, the coach is speaking like in the huddles, and he's talking at me. I'm like he's either pissed at me or he's happy at me, and then I have to ask I have to ask one of the teammates. I'm like, what is he saying? And right. I either be like, you're playing like a bitch right now, or like you're doing really well. So I was like, I've either got to turn it up or I got to keep going. So that dude, that that's pretty wild, man. So I mean, I heard you in a in a very early on when you were telling us your story here. Um, first, I wanna I wanna talk reference back to that scandal that you mentioned, and then second, I wanna reference back to you were literally rocking big baller brand head to toe right now. You got the shorts on too while you're at it. That- I, I don't have a pair of shorts. I wish I had a pair of shorts. I don't. <laughs> you got the hat. You got the shorts. You probably got the underwear. You got the socks. I got I got a couple pairs of socks in my in my suitcase. I got the mellows right now. That's the ones I play with in game. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Awesome. But they gave me all the stuff for free, so I'm. I mean, oh. I, I have no reason not to wear it. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best kind of stuff is the free yeah. stuff. So right. wait, let's get into this scandal that you were that you were referencing here. What, what's that about? Supposedly, I get like I have absolutely zero idea like what the actual like truth is or anything like that. Supposedly, it's like he said, he said thing. Someone's saying someone stole. I think they said that Alan took money from the company or like was soliciting money, like kind of withdrawing money like secretly out of the accounts or whatever, and then keeping it for himself. And then I heard vice versa that LeVar was doing it. But, I mean, I have respect for both guys. Personally, obviously, I don't know. And I, I heard Alan had some stuff in his past and stuff like that, that he was in jail for scandals and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I had respect for Alan because he was the guy who actually brought me into the league. And then LeVar, he's just such a down-to-earth guy. Like, hands down, everyone thinks – like, obviously, I watch him on TV. I'm like – like, he's just putting on, like, a show pretty much. It's like – because, like, <laughs> once you meet him in person and, like, you know him for a few months, it's just like he's just that guy. He's just – a down-to-earth guy, so he's a shoot-it-straight guy. He's not going to sugarcoat stuff. He's not going to be like, oh, I wish you were doing this. He'd be like, you're not doing this, or you're doing the right thing. So I always had huge respect for him, and obviously people have questions about his decisions with um, the kids and everything like that. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's just the way life goes. I mean, you make decisions, you got to live with it. So, Harrison, I don't know if you remember, but a couple months ago when there was a rumor about the JBA not paying their players, I reached out to you, and I asked, I was like, Dude, is everything all right? Like, are you getting paid for? for, Because it's a job. Like, you're basically working. Yeah, everything's good. And I was like, all right. I was happy because I heard about it, and some people, someone on my team, supposedly wasn't getting paid. But the thing was, I'm good. Like in the beginning of the season, like I think we filled out like like um, direct deposit information, and once they brought new guys in, I don't think they did that, which is the biggest thing. Because like we were on payment plans, I think it was like every two weeks. We were getting paid, and it was just direct deposit in our account. And once they sent guys home and brought new guys in, they had absolutely – I think they had zero, like, credit card or debit card information, so they weren't able to pay them, like, on the, like there. So, mm. I'm, But I don't know anything behind the scenes, stuff like that. But from my experience, I was paid on time, stuff like that. So Again, he I, said he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to make him look bad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but I, I mean we'll, we'll never know the full story until it actually comes out. But Right, right. Dude, so I mean that that's pretty wild, man. With all those stories going on and everything, I mean it, it must be pretty hectic as a young guy going through his career with all these different leagues and all this travel. And and here you are listening to one of your, it seems like it might be Alan. This might be like your mentor guy. He's going through some stuff, but you're able to push through. You know, you're you're doing well for yourself, man. So that's that's awesome. Good for you. So I guess uh, you know you you brought up uh, Lavar's son. So uh, let's get right into it, man. Yeah. Uh, what? Who's your boy? You know, which one are you which one are you docking up playing video games with that night? You know, who's your guy? <laughs> Harrison, you well, I was well. We were on the team with Melo and Jello. Obviously, Zoe was in the obviously he's in the NBA and everything like that. I met Zoe I think twice. I met him on the night the night before we left for overseas. He was at the photo shoot with the team, 
and you just dab them up. It's not like you would get a fanboy an NBA player. Like, obviously, you would love to get to that level when you're older. So, um, but uh, Mello and Jello, super cool dudes. Um, I think Jello was more funny than Mello. He, he was like very subtly funny. Like, he would just say something, and then like three seconds later, everyone would like look at him and just like burst out laughing. So, he said, he said some pretty funny stuff. Mello was just very outgoing, and he would just do some reckless stuff at times. And we were like, yo, what are you doing? And then, but it was like everyone kind of fed off each other. Obviously, we did some probably some stuff we didn't uh, need to do. Actually, the first uh, we were in uh, Svenborg, we got kicked out of the hotel because we were being too loud. Like all our rooms were like facing outwards towards You're the street. You're so young. I mean, I know that's the thing. I literally was just watching it the other, like yesterday. Like I was kind of reminiscing. I was just like, going through the ball and the family videos. Like when, when I was on there, I was like, holy crap! Like I used to watch these guys like on the reality TV show for Facebook for like three seasons. Now I'm on it. I'm like, yeah. I was watching. It's good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're definitely cool dudes. Um playing video games. I would say Mello Mello played Fortnite more than anybody, I think, on the team. But <laughs> for whatever reason, nobody wanted to go out like and experience these countries. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, you're probably never coming back here. Like, dude, half the dudes would like stay in the hotel play video games or something. I'm like, like we have a game in like tomorrow. Like, I'm pretty sure you can spend three <laughs> hours walking around a country that's like and that's why I say right now, like in my opinion, America's so overrated. It's just cookie cutter, city, city, city. Obviously, they're really cool and stuff like that. They all they're all unique in their own way. But the the history and the architecture in Europe is just unreal and unbelievable. And I would love to live there someday, at least for just playing there, because obviously you live there once you're playing there. But it's just the amount. I'm so lucky of what I've seen so far. In my age. I'm, I'm so Absolutely, lucky. dude. So what what would you say is your favorite spot? Give us your top three. Um, you went to Europe. Now you're El Salvador, South America, right? Central, Central, Central so America. Right, all right, right so yeah, all right, cool. So let's hear, let's hear your top three and all these places you've been all over the globe. Let's hear it. El Salvador, not in my top three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool country. I would definitely come back here, like like in a, year, a few years, so I like come back and actually explore. I mean, it's really cool. Central America is great with all its rainforests and like waterfalls and all that. But my top three, I'd say Turkey, London, and Moscow, or Saint Petersburg and Russia, Moscow. for sure. Dude, I can't believe we went to, like, Russia. Like, that's a place, like, it seems like a forbidden place with the politics going on and everything like that. But that country, It's funny because when we beautiful. hear Russia, we instantly think, like, it's all so bad, but... Oh, it's awesome. It's so yeah. cool. You don't, obviously, because you don't experience the, the government side of it. So, I mean, you're just there touristing, and it's so cool. That's awesome. So, I know that you mentioned going to community college. Yep. Did you ever feel some type of way about yourself when it came to going overseas versus going the NCAA route? Whew. Um, I didn't, I was like, so conflicted. It was literally on like the teeter totter. Cause like the biggest thing for me was for the, the JBA thing was the exposure. So I was going to go community college two years and then transfer to try and walk on D one somewhere or go play D two somewhere. And I was like, if I go these four years, I'm going to have zero connections outside of this. And it's going to be, I feel like a lot harder to get overseas than maybe to what I'm doing here. So, I mean, the, literally the biggest thing in life is risks. Like, you have to take risks, I think, in life to, like, get where you want to go. Because if you keep playing it safe, you're always going to wonder what could have been. So, I, I want to take as many chances as possible um, to try and get where I'm at. But, yeah, the biggest thing was, I think, exposure. And we were playing on live TV, and we had hundreds of thousands, and sometimes up to a million people ended up watching our game. Um, and then Europe, you have all these fans, and it was crazy. It was just like... You go from at home to a community college to a year, like six, seven months later, you're playing in Europe and you have so many people that want pictures and autographs and everything. It was just like, it was kind of like a, I don't want to say a full circle, but like it's 
it was just a 180, a big 180. I was like, wow. Basketball's the same no matter where you go, you know? Yeah. People are still going to love it regardless of where you're at. 100%. So the NCAA now paying their players. Good, bad, indifferent. How do you feel? You said the NCAA or who? Yeah. Are they paying their players now? Potentially. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the new likability. Um, In the works, yeah. Those dudes... Those dudes are getting paid out the ass, some of those guys. They're getting $100,000, $150,000 just to come to that school. But nobody knows about it. I mean, obviously, I guarantee you Zion Williamson probably got almost $200,000 to go to Duke. Right. I, I, I'd say you're lowballing with $200,000, to be honest. <laughs> I'd say lowballing. Dude, they're paying, they're paying Coach K like $8 million a year to coach a college basketball team. Like, yeah. The yeah. amount of money they bring in is absurd. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it sucks for some of these low people that are playing like – field hockey and stuff like that because obviously they don't bring as much revenue but the college basketball guys the college football hop profile guys and obviously even when like once everyone's eligible to get like their fair share it's still going to be uneven because college basketball and, and uh, football guys are going to get way more than volleyball players or soccer players and stuff like that so no matter yeah what, of course of ready. course all right so i saw you are the highest scorer in the league per game your team your teammate is second Obviously, yeah. you play to win the game, but there's got to be a little competition going on between you and your teammate, right? Well, the biggest thing now is like he scored. I'm averaging, se- I'm averaging seven. I did. He scored more than me. I'm averaging 17 rebounds a game. Like I like every time I get a rebound, he's the first one to run away. Like from like he's the first one to leak out. So like I'm throwing 50, 60 foot passes for layups, like to start start the game and transition and stuff. So I mean, some of my points are taken away from that, but I can't like complain. Like uh, I was averaging, I think, two and a half assists in the last two games. I'm averaging six and a half. So I'm I'm happy with that aspect. Obviously, I would love to score more, um, and I still do want to score more. But um, we actually played a pretty dirty team yesterday. One of our players actually got hip checked in transition. Like the dude was like a thrown up ball. The dude literally just like laid him out, and I was like, I was like, why did you do that? I'm like, it's not that serious that you need to like take a dude out and like actually like potentially like majorly injure this dude. But, um, well, dude, I would I, say, I would say like when you're in a league, you know, that like that, and, and you're one of the young guys, like you're, you're going to go somewhere. And like, there probably are some 30 year olds in that league that are, that's okay. probably their last stop. So they're going to start throwing hip checks and it's going to be the most yeah. serious thing they got, right. you know? The so dirty, I, the dirty players are the locals, the ones that have been there all their life. And they're, exactly. They're the that's exactly what I mean. The locals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the worst part is like the last two games I've gotten called for two offensive fouls because I legit shoved two people back to back games. The, um, the first time I was literally, the dude literally pinned my arm down and was holding me from like getting away from him for like four seconds and the ref didn't say anything. So I literally got out of it and just shoved him and then the ref called off and found me. And I was like, all right. Well, I told the ref after, I'm like, he's holding my arm down. I'm like, I can't do anything. So obviously I'm trying to get away from him. And then uh, last night, same thing. The dude pushes me like going for a defensive rebound and then holds me again. And I pushed him and then I got the offensive foul again. And my coach is like, He's like, use your head. I was like, ah, no, no. <laughs> dude, like, I so, can afford one of those. Dude, everything, everything you say, I just, I get this thought in my head. It's like, once again, back to the communication. So these refs, you probably never get thrown out because they don't know what you're saying to them. Well, right? I don't, like, I learned <laughs> to, like, try and not, like, complain as much. To be honest, like, these refs are actually not that bad, in my opinion. Like, these are that refs, like, I'm, and there's only, like, four or five circulating refs, like, in this league. So, like, you kind of not really get to know them, but you see them. And, obviously, you try and show respect to them because down the road, you don't want to get screwed over in the finals because they know you've been an ass to them all season. So, right. I try and do as much. And, like, even, like, one of the two times I shoved the guys, like, later on, like, a player or two after the – they had, like, a foul shot. Like, I would explain to the ref, like, what they're doing. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but, like, I'm just trying to get away from him. 
But yeah, I try and show as much respect now. I don't try and um, complain as much because I know that's not really going to get you anything. As long as if they didn't call it then, they're not going to be like, oh, he complained. Let's give him the foul call. So you just got to let live and let live. So um, you just got to keep going in the game. You got a good mentality, man. You got a real good mentality with all of it. Uh, it's it's really refreshing to hear one of these young guys is actually you know doing it the right way. Um, I hear in the NBA a lot of the young guys and these refs are like, dude, these young guys are brutal with what they say, how they act to all these refs. Like, dude, like just do it the right way and and calls will go your way. I mean, it's just how it is. Like, I think two of the times I literally I like they probably didn't understand me, but two of the times I was like, that's horrible. I think like yesterday. <laughs> There's two really bad ones where, like, our defender, like, cleanly stripped the ball from him, and we got two fouls. But we were beating them by, like, 20 the entire game. They were the worst team in the league. Um, <laughs> and, I, like, they're 1-6 in six, or 1-7. I don't even know what the record is. But, um, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, sympathy call. But we, we, if we really turned it on, we could have beat that team by 40. Yeah, right? you guys were up by 25 at one point. I took nine shots the entire game. That was the least amount by far I took in any game this season. So I was 5 of 9 from the field. And yeah, I didn't even need to do anything. Like all I had to do was like, I just, I'm starting to pass more. Like I'm, I'm starting to, instead of four shots sometimes that are not really good for the team, I'm starting to kick it out or stuff like that. And thank God some of these guys are hitting these shots now. So it's uh, better for the team. So well, you're more like between a, a three and D and a slasher, right? I've actually like not be, I like in the last few years, I used to only shoot threes. Like that was like my only thing I would, I would, I would play like the whole game, but like I would literally just stand the three point line. But like now, I think my games, like my three point like, percentage has declined a little bit. I think also the distance and everything, you're going out two or three more feet. But I mean, I don't think that's the biggest problem. But yeah, I love going to the hole now. Like that's one of my favorite things pump fake, drive, jab, step, and go. Because obviously, it's fun to get in the foul line and stuff like that. But it yeah, I'm, I'm trying to add an element to my game and stuff like that. And the, I think the two biggest things is um, creating more space off the dribble. Um, making like smarter moves, like quicker moves, and just the size of my my body is, I think, the two two things that are that need to be worked on the most. But I can get there. Yeah, and um, I remember the last time we spoke, I was uh, asking about a jersey. If your jersey was up for sale, I buy it. Yeah. They were supposed to be on the JBA, and it was in the contract that we were supposed to get sixty percent of jersey sales, and they were supposed to produce them. Never happened. And then at first we were like, all right, everyone's getting it. But then, like, if someone only sells six jerseys, like, that would suck. But uh, then they were only going to do it for the USA guys. Like, they showed us, like, our jerseys and everything they were going to put on the website. Still didn't happen. Because if, if they – like, the, the league would have made money off that. If they're making 40% off a $70 or $80 jersey, they're making, like – they're making, what, 40, 40, 50 bucks on a jersey almost? Like, they're making money. And a lot of the guys from the USA team, they were only going to sell them because we had the most popularity, I think, among the group. Um, we would have been able to make, like, really good caps. Like, if I sold – 300 jerseys like uh worldwide or whatever say 50 kids bought them in europe and stuff like that and like i had my family close friends and the people fans throughout the u.s watching me if i sold 300 jerseys and i got like 50 bucks a jersey like i'm yeah. making good money that's just <laughs> that's an extra little money. extra it's little like pocket money. booster yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I need dude it. that's <laughs> awesome man um so I mean, dude, with this, with all, with everything, your whole story, all these travels you've been on, and everything. I know you mentioned you signed with an agency, which is that's sick. But I mean, what are your intentions? Where I mean, you signed with an agency. You trying to get what's the next step? Is it G League? Is it you know maybe a step below the G League, which I don't even know if there is one. I mean, what yeah. what, what do you got, man? My biggest goal is to go back to Europe, and after this season, hopefully, I mean, obviously, I'm like right now, I'm. I would say I'm like towards the bottom of the, the totem pole and I got to work my, I have to work my way up if I ever want to get to that stage. Um, 
what am I at? I just turned 21, uh, I think like a month ago, yesterday or something like that. But um, so uh, what do we got here? 21. Yeah, I would love to play in Europe for another two, three years. And if I'm at the body shape and weight and muscle and the game is more refined, I think I would try. I think I would do the, the open tryout for a G League or like see if I can work my way to a good skill and have my resume pretty good and teams know about me and then maybe get an invite to a trial. But I mean, obviously these are things ahead in the future and you have to keep going every single day and you can't really be taking too many days off. We have a off day today. We don't have practice and my arms kind of sore for God knows why, but I'm still trying to go to the gym a little on uh, later tonight and do some runs and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> having your arm probably. I, it's my left arm and it's like, I can't move it inwards sometimes. Like if I move it sharp, there's a sharp pain. What's up? A kid had a vice grip on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe I'm just overusing my arms because I feel like I'm too small in that area. So no, but man, you, you definitely have time to accomplish everything that everything that you're imagining. You're yeah, like, I mean, and the the worst part is like I always think my window's closing, and a lot of these guys that I went up against last year in the first division, like you're so young, like you have so much time. And yeah, like as much as everyone says you have time, like you have to capitalize on every opportunity. Because uh, yeah. if, you, if you say you get sent home two or three times, teams are not going to want to pick you up. Hey, I, actually up did, I actually ended up getting sent home last for last season. I was uh, I was uh, five games into the season, like no lie, like, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat this anything. I was averaging 16 and eight during the season. I felt like my numbers weren't where I wanted them to be, but we literally we were one and four to start the season, but all of our losses were combined of like ten points. We were losing by two, three, four, and like three, and it was like. We just like for whatever reason we just couldn't finish at like the last minute of the game, and we could have easily been a five and zero team. And obviously they would have kept me for five and zero, but we lost all those close games. And they're like, all right, well, we got to make a change. We're gonna get the young guy out of here, I think. And I was averaging the least out of the Americans. I was taking the least amount of shots out of the us three and the Americans. But um, it's just a learning experience. Like obviously I had to go back home and just kind of be more aggressive. And now my average went down to twenty five last night. So, but I want to get back up to thirty, hopefully by the end of the season. So we'll see. But that would be that would be very ideal, man. That's 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 awesome. Yeah, but I, I thought about that earlier. I'm like, just, I'm averaging a double double every game, but like I don't think it's a double double because I'm averaging twenty five and seventeen. It's just like, hey, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. see. Got yeah, the lead leaguers last night, and you're you were what six or seven. Yeah, and a six. Eight, I, think I'm down, I was at like two point nine, and now I'm at three point three. So I think I maybe went up to like number four or something like that. So um, I don't think I. I think I can. Like my thing is, I hopefully I can lead the league in blocks, steals, points, rebounds, and assists. I mean, like who who would want to lead? Who wouldn't want to lead the league in everything? Yeah. I'm leading the league in points, leading the second. I probably won't lead in rebounds because the dude who just came in for another team is like six seven. He's averaging twenty four rebounds a game right now. So this is not a great chance. I'm averaging 27 more rebounds than I am right now a game. So, but if I can average points, assists, steals, and blocks, I think I'll be okay. And be second at rebound, I'll be good. That's awesome, man. Harrison, you know, uh, thank you so much for coming on on the pod, man. All the way from El Salvador. This might be our furthest podcast guest we've ever had. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty impressive. So you've you've definitely set a uh, a standard. You set a feat. And other uh, po- people coming on the pod will want to uh, accommodate too. So, um, dude, next time you're in town, hit up Ham, hit us up. Let's let's get a drink somewhere. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, now I'm legal to drink. <laughs> yeah, true, but, true. Uh, well, I think it's like only like 16 out here, I think, to be honest. But 16. It's, uh, it's like 16 <laughs> everywhere in Europe. Else, trust me. Like people at 16, it's literally America's the only place that is like that's lacking behind. But that's why the locals never leave there. They just <laughs> right. They start young and they stay. <laughs> what is um? Are you an, are you an Eagles fan too? I'm just, I know Hams is a, 
as a Panthers fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Philly everything, brother. Uh, Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, uh, Philly, uh, Philly. Eh, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but Phillies. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, everything's all good. But um, all right, man, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on, and uh, and uh, can't wait to see you around town. Great talking to you, all brother. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure to talk to you guys. Thanks, man. Awesome interview from Harrison there. Morristown's finest. Thanks for joining us, Harrison. But, uh, Deebs, I didn't hear from you all weekend, man. Where were you? <laughs> yeah, usually I'm, uh, usually I'm pretty connected, but, uh, I have the, uh, the, the, the shit you don't do for, for this weekend for sure. So, um, I just, I guess, logged back into the world today. Um, Jim and I were down here. Uh, FPP Jimbo was down in uh, the Tampa St. Pete area, and uh, I had to show him some uh, some local flavors. So him and I hit the town on Friday night in downtown St. Pete. Which, when you guys come, it is an absolute pl- playground. I don't know if I talked about this place before. Again, no free ads, but this place, um, this one bar that uh, I, I think I might move in. It's called Parks and Rec. Um, the place has. Um, Cornhole, it has arcade games like Papa Shot and Air Hockey. It has a dance floor. It has an awesome DJ, not as good as Nader. Um, and it has a ton of TVs for sports. So basically like a free parking podcaster paradise, right? Indoor, outdoor bar, having a great time. I think the Flyers won that night in a shootout. Jim and I were, were having a ball. Um, cut up the dance floor. We head over to this country. <laughs> we head up yeah, definitely. We head over to this country bar next door. Again, live music, awesome. Jimbo starts. You know, it's the nice wrapping up. So I go ahead to call uh, to call the Uber. Call the Uber. Jim and I get in. Uh, I pass out. We both pass out in the car. Jim definitely. Jim definitely was out way before that. At least up top. And uh, we make our way back to the hotel about like 10, 15 minutes. I get out of the, you know, I, w- I come to, I wake up at the, oh my God, I can't believe I was telling the story on the podcast. <laughs> Basically, I, we roll out of the Uber. I have to get Jim out because Jim had a couple. I don't know how to phrase this properly. I mean, we, were just, <laughs> we had a great night. It was so much fun. So we roll out of the hotel and, and uh, we get back up to the room and we get, a bit, get back up and I tap my pocket, phone keys, wallet, phone's gone. Phone's not in my pocket. Your brand new phone. I got it, yeah, probably half a year ago. Gone. And uh, I went to go on Jim's phone, log on to my Uber, and the next morning I woke up with Jim's phone in my hand, and that not that issue not resolved. Still not my phone. So for like six hours, so for six hours that day, we had to retrace my steps. We found my last location, my last ping. It was... It was Masterful detective work by us, honestly. My last ping was located at the bar. I, the last thing I remember was getting into the car. We drove back that morning to the bar. It wasn't inside the bar. It wasn't outside where I was standing. My phone was dead. Just so many things were going, went wrong. Bottom line, I was disconnected all weekend because I lost my phone. Uh, and that was it. We, we haggled with the Uber driver. I told him I'd pay him 100 bucks for it. I told him I'd pay him 200 bucks for it. I told him I'd pay him 300 bucks for it. He's like, bro, I don't have your film. Apparently, he picked up two riders after me. So, like, they could have had it. Basically, I went online and I found my friends, found my iPhone, deleted the entire thing, just blew it up. And uh, here I am. I'm, I'm connected today with uh, crispy, new, uh, crispy new iPhone. So, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the land of the connected. Honestly, the the story really isn't me losing my phone. It's what I did while the phone was lost. 
And you know what I did? I centered myself. I became <laughs> I really missed it. I missed it a lot. <laughs> actually, I think your phone, I was saying actually we were in a different Uber um, the day after, and I was like, I think your phone is worse than drugs. Or I know why people are, get addicted to to drugs. I mean, I really, the amount of times I grabbed my, my, my side and I was like worried or like there was some like over type like, I don't know. I had to drive, so I switched hotels the day after. I had to drive across the state of Florida, across the sorry, across from Tampa to Clearwater, like thirty-five minutes. No, no phone. I had to read road signs. I didn't listen to Spotify. I listened to the radio. I felt like a pioneer, man, a true pioneer. Um, and I made it. I couldn't Uber to dinner. I had to walk to go get dinner. Oh man! Like, wait, there's so many things. There's so I, free parking Instagram didn't have it on there. No, no videos of 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 me Snapchat with the. I mean, there was just a ton of like there was nothing. There was there was nothing. It, was it wasn't weird. during the week either, so it's not like oh I have a day of work I could do something to get my mind off of not having my phone. It was Honestly, though, it was probably better that it was the weekend though because if I was I had Monday without my phone and that I mean the amount of call I don't know the amount of calls I probably went through straight to voicemail. Well, it was an issue. So I'm glad I'm back. Uh, shit, you don't do phone, phone in the Uber, phone keys, wallet. Every time you walk out, no matter how many drinks you've had, uh, Jimbo, you're welcome for saving your ass from the bar. Uh, those bouncers had nothing on us. And uh, yeah, live and learn. New phone. Here we are. They were kicking his ass out. He was gone. <laughs> he was staggering. He was staggering at the bar. I was having a great time, man. They were ripping some old country jams. Um, and I, at one point went to pay Jim $10 to, uh, to ride the mechanical bull. I woke up that morning with a $10 bill, like crumpled, like a little ball in my pocket. Cause the guy, he couldn't even walk, let alone ride the mechanical bull. Uh, <laughs> just going to get thrown off of that thing. You poor, poor man. Actually, yeah. let me go back to the parks and rec place. Hopefully the guys can patch this in and make it sound good. But the parks and rec place the night after we went back and, uh, I didn't have my phone, but it was even, even better of a night. We went back, no free ads. Jim and I went Friday night to Parks and Rec downtown St. Pete. Saturday day, we went to go check out the Lightning Arena. And sure enough, guess what's right next to the Lightning Arena? Parks and Rec Tampa. Went to Parks and Rec Tampa. And then we went back to the hotel, changed clothes. And then we went back to downtown St. Pete Parks and Rec. That night was really fun, though. We, uh, we ripped up some air hockey. Um, and then we, so we're, here's a quick little story. Please patch us together and make it sound good because we're fucking rambling. But we're playing Papa Shot at the bar. It's Jim, Jim, me versus Jim. I smoke Jim. I smoke Jim again. These boys walk up, four guys walk up behind us, these like frack looking dudes. And they're like, yo, my buddy here, my buddy here, all state, he'll play you, he'll beat you. Give throws five bucks on it. I smoke his buddy. Beat that kid. I mean, just, I, I don't know. This this story sucks because oh, guess what happened after that? Two dudes walked up that were pretty big and scary, and they were like, "Yo, we're up next." And I'm like, "All right, man, we're we're playing like a winner takes all type thing here." And they're like, "No, we're playing next." And we left. <laughs> <laughs> I won three games in a row and had to leave because we were just like, "I'm not f-ing these dudes." <laughs> Total fold. You just totally revealed your hand. Just all right. You got it, man. I'm out. You're right. See you. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna guess you ended up at Cooters. <laughs> that was Sunday. That was Sunday. <laughs> All right. Well, just like just like Jim got kicked out of that bar, it's time that we get kicked out of this podcast. Get kicked out of this podcast. We're rambling. Yeah. So everybody, thank you for listening to episode twenty-one. Harrison, thank you so much for coming on the pod, boys. Ham, great to have you on. This is your first episode. 
That it is. That it is. Oh, as a as an FPP member, true. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. But you, but you drain me, keep me waiting. I don't switch up for nobody, but you change me. See you going to the party, but you don't take me. What the fuck I'm supposed to do? Why you acting cool, girl? I know you got some options.